get into the word. Amen. Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you for the ability, the opportunity, the uh, blessing of hearing your word. Thank you, Lord, that your word is full of power. Thank you, Lord, that there is no word that's void of power. There's power in your word. So we thank you, Lord, for empowering us today with the hearing of your word. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. So for those of you who know what we've been doing during this Rona epidemic, pandemic, whatever is going on here, you know what I'm saying? I was listening to a um, a, uh, 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 YouTube publication that I subscribe to, and the guy who narrates it says, I don't have Rona. Do you have Rona? You know anybody who's got Rona? Amen. And so, uh, you know, we, we, we always say, I can't get her and she can't get me. Amen. So we ain't putting up with no Rona around here. But we have been teaching on divine health and healing because this is what we need to think about and talk about, uh, during this time. Uh, if there is trouble, you always want the answer. Amen. And so this is why, um, the Lord has directed me to minister on faith and healing during this time and also to get us to understand in a more clear way God's uh, directive that we walk in divine health amen uh, we are to walk in the power of God's word the bible says the just shall live by faith only by faith do we get life only by faith do we live if you're trying to live according to what you see in the natural and according to what people tell you is going to happen and might happen, all the false prophets out there have been shown to be wrong. Amen. When they tell you gloom and doom, they are prophesying falsely. Because the Bible says that even if there is gloom and doom ahead, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, Seek my face, turn from our wicked ways. He'll hear from heaven and heal our land. There's always mercy for people who will turn to God. Amen. There's doom and gloom has not been promised to God's people. So let us not even go there in our thinking, but health, prosperity. I don't care what happens to the world. If you stay with God, you have everything you need. There is no lack in God. Amen. That's what Psalm 91 is in there for, just for times like this. No evil shall befall us, neither will any plague come near your dwelling. It won't come near your dwelling. That means it won't come to your neighbor. It won't come to the downstairs person, the upstairs person. The mice in the corner won't even get Rona. You understand what I'm saying? Your mouse is protected. I mean, what's near? What does near mean to you? Amen. Well, does you got healthy rats, you got healthy roaches, whatever's in your house, they all healthy. People always scared of, scared of this and scared of that, scared of little fleas, scared of everything, huh? The bees on my back porch walk in divine health. Amen. I got illegal trespassers building birds' nests on my deck. They walk in divine health. Huh? 
they used to be pretty rowdy up in there. Be throwing the eggs out. I said, wait a minute, we ain't having no abortions around here. I curse you in Jesus' name. Keep them babies up there in that nest till it's time for them. Huh? Everything lines up with God's word. Everything near you. Everything close to you. All them relatives. Baby, man, man. Uh, cousin bro and all, all them renegades, in-laws and outlaws. They are all under God's divine protection. Huh? So it won't even come near your dwelling. Amen. So everybody's included. Everybody that's on your heart. Everybody you love. Everybody, even some of them you don't love if you want to. Huh? Them people you pray for just to spite the devil. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Just so the devil won't get them. <laughs> huh? You know, the ones you really don't care that much for, but you don't hate them enough to let the devil have them. Everybody got somebody like that around them. So it will not come near your dwelling. Not even close to your dwelling. Amen? Amen. He gives his angels charge over us. They have responsibility to God for us. Amen? So the angels have to account to God every day for you and for me. All the heirs of salvation. So they want to go back and report God. I kept them. They're in good health. They're prospering. They're doing good, even in this economy, so to speak. Your economy is in heaven. You you don't depend on what the earth has. In fact, we bring heaven down here on earth. We're the we're responsible for increased supply down here. If we believe God, we'll never run out of stuff. Everybody worried about their stuff. Your stuff is taken care of better than brinks. Amen. Amen. Yours is in glory. And it's released to you by your faith. Whenever you believe God, it's released to you. Amen. So we're going to talk today about faith that does not waver. Amen. The faith that does not waver. And there is such a faith. Amen. There are different brands of faith. There's faith that comes and goes faith that comes you know the i faith you know what you see is what you believe huh god tells us not to walk by sight but to walk by faith so faith is an inner seeing a seeing in the unseen realm and this is what believers are to walk according to we can change what's seen by what we believe in the unseen realm. Amen? We can change the visible by how we relate to the invisible. Amen? That's what we're here for. You're not here to live according to what man says or according to what uh, things have been like or according to anything like that. Sister, if you want to take them out for a little bit, you can. But if you want to sit out there in the lobby, is that better? That give them a little room to move around so you don't have to leave? Yeah. No, honey, you're okay. But listen, 
They preach better than I do sometimes, so you know what I'm saying. It's all inspiration. Yeah, that's good. Give them a little running room. So praise God. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about us. We we old as <laughs> I preach over crying babies, hollering babies, and hollering grown folks too. Anyway. <laughs> But our faith changes the natural seen realm. That's why God gave it to us. He didn't give you faith just to live by what's going on all the time. He gave you faith that has the ability to change where you live, what you do, what you believe, what you expect. We are agents of change. If any change is coming to the earth, the church is the people that do that change. Amen. So we don't sit around and wait until something happens or whine about what's not right or, you know, whatever people do when they're disgruntled about everything. So many disgruntled people around now. I think if they, if we could let people go back to work, they'd be less disgruntledness. Somehow when people have the opportunity to make money for real, they get busy with it. So this comes with poverty though. You understand what I'm saying? So that's why God curses poverty for his people. He doesn't allow it into our lives. So don't accept it. Amen. Let your faith grab onto God's word. God's word of life, health, healing, wholeness, soundness, prosperity in every area of your life. So God is, is the one who wants to give us faith that does not waver. Amen. So we, we talked a little bit. I mentioned natural faith. That is faith in what you see. You can't put your faith in what you see because what you see is not desirable all the time. Amen. But you have to understand that what you see is subject to change depending upon what you do. It's not dependent on your boss. It's not dependent on your, your spouse. It's not dependent on your children, the government, any. It's dependent upon what you do. You've got a Bible. It's got 66 books of nothing but good stuff in there intended for you. And so God expects us to use it and hold on to it. Amen. Your faith can change anything that's wrong in your life. You just got to get about changing it. Amen. But I'm going to tell you one thing. If you get you start wanting to change things. Guess what's going to be the first thing that changes? You. Huh? You'll have to. If it, they could change with you the way you are, they'd have changed by now. So we are the thing that's holding up the change that we're looking for in our lives. God is going to change you first. You'll say stuff like, well, it's never going to happen. That old no good husband of mine. Girl, let me tell you what he you should say, wait a minute, I got the recording of what you told me the last time we had this conversation. See, you're thinking your expectation, your conversation about your life is going to have to change first. Huh? If God were to bring a change, a, a perfect thing into your life with you in a bad mood, you ever seen a woman, Poppy, help me out here. You ever seen a woman in a real bad mood? She'd beat your mama up. Ah, I had to go there. 
and make you help her. Ain't that, ooh, that's bad. <laughs> huh? But not God's not going to bring you. Your, your faith, number one, your faith is going to have to get it in the door. Your faith is going to have to take care of it. Your faith is going to have to appreciate it. And your faith is going to have to nurture it and, and cause it to even improve over that. So how can God bring all of that into our lives if we're in the complaint department, if we're in the department of they so wrong and I'm so right, huh? All those things that aren't important to God. God doesn't care about right and wrong. He cares about us getting along. He compares loving one another. Remember that scripture? Love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. And so what God is interested in really is peace and reconciliation. He's not interested in right and wrong. Right and wrong was done away with at the cross. If your wrong was crucified, everybody else's is too. Huh? Was fair is fair. You don't want him bringing up your past sins while you're bringing up other people's all the time. Huh? They they ain't no good. Well, maybe you the one that ain't so good. Huh? Maybe that's why you see what's bad in everybody else. You're an expert at it. So what God is trying to get us to do is start being experts in goodness and experts in love and experts in forgiveness and experts in the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Learn how to be peaceful with people. Know what peaceful means? For some of us, it'll mean quit rolling your eyes every time they say something. Am I in the right place? Huh? You know, poor man asked for a glass of cold water. He goes, Your head spin around 360. Huh? Bring all them demons out. Huh? Well, sure. We get carried away like that sometimes. God wants us to love. He wants us to forgive. He wants us to be the kind of people who reflect him and his values, not the things that we desire so much. Amen? When we can get there, it's like resetting your mind. You get a mind, you get your mind set on being peaceful, bringing goodness in you. You can change the atmosphere anywhere you go. You just have to stop being a victim and start walking in the spirit with God. Amen. Everywhere Jesus went, they either loved him or hated him. Amen. But he got more people through love any day of the week. He knew how to stay away from the so-called haters. Amen. <laughs> So we have to emulate him. We have to do things the way he wants us to do them. So the kind of faith that doesn't waver is what God has put inside of each and every one of us. But I'm going to tell you right now, your faith is going to be tested. It must be tested. It's automatic that it will be tested. Once it's put out there, that's when the test starts. Amen.
So when you start to move in the faith of the Son of God, the test comes when the enemy finds out that you're praying for something. Now, you can pray in a closet. You can pray in your collar. You can pray. I mean, you could try to hide. You can try to hide it if you want to. But it's not up to you to control the anointing of God. Once you pray, and you know, a lot of times people say, well, you know, I just pray for, well, I don't care what you pray for. You can pray for a, a, a sheet of Kleenex and the devil will fight you over it. Because once that anointing is released on your prayers, that's what he's trying to stop. He doesn't care who prayed the prayer. Now, don't get the big head like you so big threat to the devil. Come on now. he. Some people, he just chews them up for lunch. If it weren't for God and the holy angels, none of us would be here. Amen. You know, it's, it's like when the Bible talks about Psalm 91, says that he will hide us under his shadow, under his wing. Amen. So it's like this. You pray your prayer and then you run and hide. You better, huh? You better, you won't live to collect that prayer. Just a thought. But whenever the anointing of God is expressed in the earth, the devil runs after that to fight it. To stop it from manifesting what it is that every time it's like this. There's only so much stuff down here and the devil has stolen what he has. So what would, what would, what would you do if you stole something and you know the people you stole it from know where it is and coming to get it? You go get all your little buddies, all your friends, you roll everybody. Oh, y'all know it. Come on now. Don't sit up there and act like, oh, what's she talking about? I, I never get rough with people. Huh? You go get the, the bad side of the family. The ones that ain't scared to put, take their teeth out, put, take the do-rag and put it on, tie their hair up and get their cut off jeans and look real ugly. Cause you know you're in for the fight of your life. Amen? And that's the way it is with everything we pray. I don't care if it's a small thing. I don't care. Just the fact that you prayed and you release the power against him that's going to take everything that he's got and he knows it. That's why he fights us on small things. when We just get started doing things as Christians. Sometimes we don't even know enough about the word to know what's going on. And he'll fight you tooth and nail. Why do you think he aborts babies? That baby ain't even here yet and it's a threat to the devil. Why do you think he fights when children are born and gives them deformities and stuff like that? They're a threat to him before he even gets. Humanity, period, is a threat to him. Because he knows at any time we can cry out for the goodness of God and then God will take us right away from him. And God forbid you get over into God's kingdom and start enjoying God and working for God with your whole heart. He wants to stop that more than anything. 
And so we have to understand that when when your faith is released, it is automatically tested by the kingdom of darkness. They will come up to you and say, well, you don't really think God's going to give you that, do you? Everything is an accusation against you. You never measure up. You're never worthwhile. You're never going to get anything. You ain't smart enough. You don't know enough scripture. Devil, I knew John 3.16, and that whooped you something terrible. If that's all I ever learned, it gave you a good whooping, didn't it? Huh? It's your demise. So, God, whenever you start to pray, he's after the power that's against him. Not after you. Don't take it personal. It's only business. Amen. As they told Fredo when they shot him out there. <laughs> Took Fredo out for a boat ride. It's only business. <clears throat> right. So don't take it personal. Amen. It really, it is only business. But you got to give him business right back. Amen. You got to continue to stand on what God's given you. You can't just get your feelings hurt and go wavering. Well, I don't know. What's Jehovah Witness this week, or what's the what's the spirit? What's the flavor? I put a little moisture on. This gonna be a toughy, 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 toughy. Too many ribs, too much. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. So, <laughs> turn to Mark chapter 2. We're going to talk about faith that refuses to waver. Amen? <clears throat> refuses to waver. Now, we all have that faith. That's not a different kind of faith or a something that's real special that's the measure of faith that god gives to every believer but it's it's who you place your faith in and where you leave it makes all the difference in the world see that's what differentiates wavering faith from unwavering faith is who you put your faith in and what do you do when it's tested amen jesus is here and he's uh uh Two, I think it's, we'll start in verse one. And again, talking about Jesus, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. So the anointing will draw a certain level of attention to you, period. Amen. When people would hear Jesus was in town, they would either be happy or they would be upset. The religious are always upset when the anointing shows up. You got to know that. So if you want everybody to be excited about what God's doing in your life and happy, happy for you all the time, I got news for you. Amen. Some will and some won't. In fact, sometimes that's a good way to sort out who you're dealing with. Amen. If they're not happy for you. They're either uh, against God and in religion or something's wrong somewhere. So the, the Lord is trying to get you to discern how to tell where your help is and where your, your hurt is. When people, people are, are complaining and, and critical, 
you don't want them people around you when you want something big from God. You know, you got to get get righteous people around you. Amen. Even if they they slap you and make you feel bad, at least they keep you in the right place. Amen. <laughs> the truth. <laughs> there are people I've been around, anointed people. I was nervous and scared around them. But every time I got around them, I got something. Your little friends that want to tell you you're okay all the time, they're going to keep you in the pit. You understand? You need to come out and get some fresh air and some understanding about things. So here, Jesus, it was noise that he was in. right away, many were gathered together. They just come along like a swarm. Now, many times, there are people that want the right thing in a crowd, and there are some people that just want to be there as critics. We know the Pharisees went everywhere Jesus went just about. They thought it was their business to sit there and critique him. They were looking for an opportunity to stone him to death. And he knew why they were there. Amen? But he never put up a sign and says, Pharisees, do not enter. He wasn't afraid of what they could do. Amen? But by the same token, God will do things in your life to help protect your faith when you don't know better. Amen? Sometimes you don't know the right people to be around. So he will do things to protect your faith, especially when it's in the baby stages. You know, you'll be sitting up there crying because, I don't know, everybody didn't left me. I don't, people don't like me no more. And it's the loneliest kind of thing. You need to be right there. Amen? When you're on a honeymoon with God, you don't need a lot of people around you. Huh? For those of you who are on the romantic mentality those of you who are not though don't worry about it you'll get it next week amen so jesus was having his meeting many were gathered together in so much there was no room to receive them no not so much as about the door so they filled this house up and began to spill out of the doorway and he preached the word to them And then there came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was carried by four people. So here you got five people. One of them is in need of an answer to prayer. He's in need of healing. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the sick of the palsy, Son, your sins are forgiven. But there were certain of the Pharisees and scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? So your religious people are always going to nitpick your words to see if they can find something wrong that they can accuse you of being either in it for the money, in it for fame, or in it for the wrong reasons. Amen? Faith, once it sets its heart on something, this man had set his heart on getting healed then, that time right there. Now, whenever your faith sets itself on something, you have to be careful when you believe God for something. The Bible says that you can be healed at any time. So there is no, it's too soon or too late as far as that's concerned. Especially with things that were, that came through the atonement, like a salvation. If you want to lead somebody to the Lord, you don't say, well, let me wait until the time is right 
for them to be saved. The Bible says today is a day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. So you can call time on the devil anytime you want to when it's something that's promised through the atonement. Now, things like, you know, getting more money or getting a better job might take some time to come into your life. But the things that are paid for through the blood of Jesus, curse, uh, that is breaking the curse of poverty, death, sickness, all of that can be can happen to somebody immediately. Any time that 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 faith clicks in and says, now is the time for me to have that. And so this gentleman was determined to get into Jesus to get his healing. And this is really what what happens with us every time we set ourselves to believe God for something. When you start to pray, when you set in motion your answer coming back to you, when you release from your mouth the words, I am healed, I receive my healing now when I pray. You don't say God is going to heal me because that's not true. You either are you aren't by virtue of the atonement. I don't care how you feel. When you decide that you're healed and you begin to speak it, you begin to think it, you begin to say it, the enemy goes in motion to fight you for your healing. Just like these people piling outside the door where this young man wanted to get his healing from. He knew Jesus was in there. The Bible says as Jesus preached, there was power to be healed in the atmosphere. So every time the word of faith and the word of healing is preached, there's power in the atmosphere to be healed. There's power in the atmosphere to be healed in, in, in I won't say every atmosphere because that's not true. Because many times people don't get healed in many atmospheres. In fact, most of our church atmospheres, but where there is an anointing on that minister for healing. When there, when Jesus said, the spirit of God is upon me because he said, he has anointed me to preach deliverance to the captive, recovering sight, heal the brokenhearted. All of that stuff is in the anointing of God. But you've got to believe God put that on you and you've got to declare it. You can't get it any other way. So it has to come to you personally. That's why you can't get healed everywhere you go. That's why you can't get delivered everywhere you go. That's why you can't get a lot of things everywhere you go. Because that person has to have a personal understanding of what God has conferred upon their life, not what he's called them to do. That's why you got so many people on Facebook calling themselves apostles and prophets, and there's no evidence of it anywhere, ever. And it ain't on the way either. You understand what I'm saying? All this stuff that's coming and on the way never gets there. You either got it or you don't. That's why we I can preach on anything and somebody can say, can you pray for me? And they get healed. You understand? It's not me doing it. It's God. But because there's anointing that I know is here for health and healing. So we don't even have to pray preach healing. But if the person can grab onto that faith to get better, then it happens. Amen? See, many people, when they hear the word preach, they think, wonder, instead of embracing it and grabbing it. 
see if you let that word come in here instead of going up here in the, the sausage factory maybe i don't know what that is maybe that's true maybe that ain't. well that don't mean that if you'd quit doing that that's why we have praise and worship so you can get your mind clear of all the junk you think and you can let your heart be open to receive the word of god huh you're healed you're delivered you're set free if you're saved you're healed now the devil might fight you for both of them Remember the days when you first got saved, you go home and, and say a cuss word, and the devil tell you, now look at that, that, didn't, that prayer didn't do nothing. And you fought your way through until you finally got it settled that you are a changed person. You are born again. And then the devil never bothered you about it anymore. That's why Jesus would teach people, tell them, settle it in your hearts right now. Just make a decision and stay with it. That's what settling means. And so when you are are receiving anything from God by faith, the devil is fighting you to get it settled in your heart. He doesn't want it to settle in on you. He wants it to come and go. It's called wavering. And God wants to give us faith that does not waver. And so that's why you got to go back and forth with the enemy. You got to fight him. Some days the fight is easier and some days it's harder. Some days it's like your words go out of your mouth and they just hang right there over your head and don't go any farther. Got me? It's almost like there's something punching it back, trying to make you not say it anymore. So you got to fight through that. You got to get that settled on the inside of you that, that this is what what's what you're going to hold on to you're going to hold on until you get it and not go back to the old ways of of being wavering and not caring if you waver and then getting mad and accusing god and not wanting you to have it and all the stuff that we go through god wants us to press in just like this gentleman did he was there with four of his friends and he had enough help to get through to jesus and that's what I want you to know about your prayers. You got enough help in your faith to get through to the Lord. So you get what you need. So your faith isn't quote unquote weak or anything like that. Quit judging into spiritual things. You have no capacity to judge what your faith is. All you can do is use your faith and believe it's going to bring back the desired result. So God wants us to to have the faith that doesn't waver. Now, what does it mean when it says it doesn't waver? It means it may waver for a season, but after a while, if you continue to stand on what you believe, your faith will shape up to the desired capacity that Jesus needs it to be so that he can bless you with what it is that you're you're standing for. And you got to stay with it. I was listening recently, uh, Brother Hagen was talking about this woman that ran into him at a meeting of his, and uh, she told him that she, she was a middle-aged lady, and she told him she had just bought her first new pair of shoes. And so he he was in a hurry, but that got his attention. And she said, well, let me just tell you very quickly how this happened, that she was born with one leg shorter the, than the other, deformed foot. 
and she said that she had never bought shoes she never went anywhere never had really a job or anything not it's a minor things but she just didn't go out much she said somebody gave me a set of your teaching tapes on faith and on healing and and she says for six months i listened to nothing but those tapes day in and day out she said the first few months they meant nothing to me she said i got nothing out of them but she said i kept doing it anyway see whoever gave them to her must have impressed her enough that she said i'm just going to do it in spite of see that doing it in spite of that's important because if you don't get to that point and you're kind of wishy-washy about how you approach the things of god you'll always waver see so many people have gotten their miracles because they made up their mind to do it in spite of the results not results what they thought what they thought didn't think now, see, most of us think six months is too long. The minute you hear that, something in your brain goes, oh, no, you're uh, You make that thing behave. Because that's that, that thing is going to rob you of everything that's important in God. That staggering, that's what Romans 4 is talking about when it said, Abraham staggered not at the promise of god through unbelief that's what that is it's unbelief making you stagger before you even put in one day or one minute of listening it talks you out of it before oh well you know it's gonna take six months for me to get this suppose it takes nine what else are you doing huh sucking up oxygen everything else you can get your hands on Huh? Wasting time. But six months. And she said after six months, she said my leg grew out. And she said I was born with, with no baby toe on that same foot. She said the baby toe grew out. Perfect. Six months, day in, day out, soaking herself in the word. She said I didn't have anything else to do. See, when you can say that, See, these are powerful things to tell yourself. I got nothing better to do than to listen to the word of God. I got nothing better to do than to meditate on the word of God. I got nothing better going on in my life that's so important that I need to do than to spend my time worshiping God and listening to his word. And see, once you can commit to however long it takes, Everybody's so important they got time stamped on everything. Got God punching in and punching out. Huh? Oh, you know, I oh well, it's not gonna take me that long. Gonna take you longer. Cause you're gonna have to get you out of the way first before you can even get anything from God. But this gentleman's faith met resistance, his first attempt to get into that meeting, to get his healing from Jesus. And this tells us something else about it. You know, then people would tell you stuff like, well, you can get healed right in your seat.
it's no distance in prayer. If that's true, why did, wasn't he healed outside the door? Could it be that we don't call the shots in this at all? Could it be that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith? Well, that's what that means. He got you started. He'll get you finished. You ain't done till he says you're finished. And you ain't getting nada until he says he can release it to you. Huh? Huh? That's what it means to be Lord. That's what it means to be master. That's what it means to be God. Sometimes he wants to see your face. Who is that down there begging me for everything and always ready to quit and always, let me see who that is. Uh No, you got to get close. Huh? You must get close. This young man was pushed back at the door. He could have gotten discouraged and told those gentlemen, let's just keep going. But something inside of him told him it's now or never. Amen. And we've all got that on the inside of us. We just don't let it come forward. You know how you read the word for a while and do your duty. I did my four chapters, bam, slap it, oh, I know, click off the phone, Bible apps. Uh Or you read the word, get on your app and read it, and then all of a sudden your, your finger moves over to that little blue icon. What all the cash app profits are. Huh? Huh? He's a devil. He loves Bible apps. Huh? Because he can keep you rolling around navigating on there. You know, Facebook, they can preach you under conviction. Now they tell you how many hours of airtime you had this week. Huh? And ain't none of them spent on that Bible app, I bet. See, that's why it doesn't come real fast. Proverbs 4 tells us to give it your full, attend to my, incline your ear to my, let my word, my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Don't get a wandering mind and a wandering eye when you start in on God's word. You give it your full attention. You can do more with 30 minutes or 10 minutes of full attention than you can with two hours of being distracted every five seconds. I made up my mind I was going to stay in my word. I got two Bibles out and leave them open all the time. I never close them. Because when I go by them Bibles, I'm going to stop and read something. See, because this is war right here. I'm not being casual about it because I know what's at stake and I know how easy it is to waver off of what you're expecting God to do for you. 
So you got to fight back. Amen. Open Bible, that's my fight back. Walk past it and read a little bit, that's my fight back. And if I stand there long enough, I know I'll get interested and I'll sit down and read it some more. That's my fight back. So you got to have something that you're going to fight back. Amen. You just can't be casual. You see how easy it is if you're honest with yourself. You see how easy it is to get distracted, how easy it is to lose heart and to faint. The Bible says we'll only reap if we don't faint. You get to fainting and whining and it's not coming fast enough. And I don't know about this stuff. I, I tried doing that, but that didn't work. You didn't, you're not supposed to try. You're just supposed to be sold and do it. Amen. Make up your mind to do it, period. So Jesus had faith to heal in that atmosphere. And that's what keeps people there. That's what helps people to sit and pay attention is the anointing and the faith that whatever it is that they desire, they can have. You don't put a whole lot of stipulations on God's promises. It's already enough on there with the word. Amen. You don't tell people, well, you know, that's only true if you don't do this and you come on now. How can you live in an atmosphere like that? The Bible says, just believe. All things are possible if you simply believe. Now, what does believe mean? It really means putting in action with your faith. You don't just sit and believe and hope and wish. You've got to start putting your faith into at least into words. Amen. If you'll start to speak what God says, God sees that. He pays attention. And like this gentleman did, he probably heard that Jesus was a healer. He probably desired to be healed. And one day he made up his mind he was going to put some action into his faith. It it didn't matter that he couldn't get up on his own see if we let things like the mechanics of things keep us from reaching out to god in faith we'll never have anything the first thing the enemy will do is tell you well how are you going to do that you can't do this you can't do that you can't do the other amen he'll speak right to your limitation and right to your need and tell you that's why you can't do it the woman with the issue of blood was told that You can't go because you can't touch a priest when you're unclean. Huh? Or the priest won't touch you. Huh? And so she was able to reverse that. She said, well, maybe he can't touch me, but I can touch him. Amen. See, if you make up your mind, you're not going to come back empty handed. God will give you the how to. As long as you're sitting up there figuring Before you make up your mind, you'll never get a how-to. You've got to have your mind made up that it's yours and you're not going to take no for an answer. Then the how-to will come to you. This woman had spent everything that she had on doctors. They didn't make her any better. She got worse. And the Bible says she heard about something else. She heard about Jesus. Amen. And so when she heard about him, 
she made up her mind that she was going to get what it was that she wanted. She didn't say, well, if I get here, I can get it. She didn't think like that. She, you make up your mind first that you're not going to take no for an answer, and then he tells you how it's going to come. He gives you further instructions. Because as long as you're sitting up trying to figure out how it's going to happen in your condition, you won't get an answer. It's what we do all the time. Guessing, wishing, hoping, maybe. Maybe if I do this, I'll get it. Maybe if I do that. No, make up your mind that you're going to get it, period, and let God tell you how it's going to happen. Amen? He never gives instructions to wavering people. So if you're going to waver and you're going to think, well, if I do it this way, I can get this, and if I do it that way, I can get that, make up your mind. That's why many times we don't have even basic things. We don't make up our mind, it's ours. Just go in the word, find what you want, meditate on it until the decision is made that it's yours. Once you decide it's yours, then God will tell you the next step of what to do. Amen? And don't just go through the motions. Make sure you've hidden that word in your heart. I want this. Amen? I want this. And nothing, and I'm not going to take no for an answer. Many times there are things that God has for us, and we're trying to pick and choose before we even decide we want it. Your faith will never work if you can't make up your mind that it's yours and you trust God for it no matter what. Amen. Somebody mentioned, well, we, I don't know what we are talking about yesterday. Somebody said they weren't desperate. I said, we're all desperate. See, you won't get anything from God till you have that desperation. Huh? Seriously, you, you won't. If God, I got to have it or I'll die. I take my stand right here. It's got to come, and I'm not taking no for an answer. And if you look, if you study these people in the Bible that got their miracles, that was a prevailing attitude. You can't be casual about things that you ask God for. If you get it, it's okay. If you don't get it, it's okay. I mean, you know, the people who have visited heaven talk about the room of unclaimed blessings. Because God has replacement body parts for his people. But yet we languish sometimes with without because we haven't made up our minds. Faith is a decision. It's not just believe God and it'll get here. It don't just get here. Your faith commands it into your life. It can't get here any other way. And I believe that many of us languish because we vacillate too much. If you're vacillating, you need to get into the word until you're sold on the fact that that thing belongs to you. See, I'm sold on the fact that God is, was, is going to keep me healthy until I walk out of here. You understand? Not today, but <laughs> wake up. You understand what I'm saying? You have to be sold on these things. 
you can't be wishy-washy and wavering and back and forth and maybe this, maybe that. Huh? Too many stipulations ahead of time before the decision is made. Once you decide that something belongs to you, the rest is just a matter of God directing it to you, but it's not going to happen until you decide. Huh? People say they want to get married. I didn't want to go here, but I'm going here. Well, I want a husband, but he can't be, he can't be, am I right, Poppy? Yeah. He can't be this. He can't be that. <laughs> well, you haven't decided you want to be married yet. I'm going to say it again. If you're pre-sorting, huh? You haven't decided you want a husband. Huh? But he can't be this, he can't be that, can't be this, can't be that, can't be that. <laughs> hmm? You haven't decided. So God will just sit here and wait until, I don't care if it's 20 years, he'll sit here and wait until you decide you really want to be married. But if it's all these stipulations, he, well, see, you know, a lot of times men just want too much. Well, you haven't made up your mind yet. Huh? And what's wrong with wanting too much? You want too much too. Huh? On your plate, he can't want nothing for dinner. Not every day. Well, see, I don't mind cooking, but not no every day. You eat every day, don't you? No, but you got to make up your mind. This is what you want, period. Your little friend getting married. And they have to put, I don't know what the situation is, but it's been delayed and all that. But it's happening. Amen. Why? She made up sure her mind. I remember, do you remember when Jeremy Lopez prophesied to her? That girl had the big grin on her face. I said, oh, yeah, God, she heard you. See, a lot of times we get in prophetic atmospheres and half the words that are spoken go right over our heads. She caught that one. And she held on to it because that's been, what, seven, eight years or something like that? At least that long ago. Oh, I can't be what you've been waiting 20. Already. You just spent 20 of it wavering. Ow, Pastor Barb, that hurts so bad. Oh, shut up. I mean business. Now, I'm not leaving some weddings for Pastor Shirley to do them all. She's the long liver in the family. I told her, I said, Gigi, you're going to be here to cash everybody's insurance policy. But you got to make up your mind and don't waver. Whenever them thoughts come to you, well, well, suppose he's this, suppose, 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 suppose. you got to make up your mind, even with the supposes lingering over you. Once you make up your mind, then God starts putting your faith in motion. All these supposes are really challenges to your faith. Do you really want it or not? No? 
you know the man is just as scared as you are ain't that right poppy yeah everybody nervous and if not you ought to be huh because you got big work ahead of you but you can do it in god if god is for you See, it takes God. People don't realize that. It takes God to to even have a halfway normal life these days. We're so used to being able to just get up and do what we want to do when we want to do it. Those days are totally over. But I know one thing. The minute you decide you're going to trust God, you're going to quit listening to that stipulation voice. If it has this, 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 and this, then I'm all in. You were never all in from the beginning. Amen. Because your little preferences can change. This year you want somebody who works out all the time. Huh? Next year you don't mind if he got a little tuber. I think them little love handles is cute. Huh? You gotta be sold you got to be sold, no wavering. And you tell your mind, mind, you quit telling me that. Huh? I'm getting married anyway. God has got my husband on the way. Amen? And God is perfectly able to pick the kind of person that's right for me. I heard that. You understand what I'm saying? You have to be that way about everything in life, folks. Other than that, we're wavering. Other than that, we want it for a minute until it looks like something else's or some other thought runs through your mind. Huh? You don't want to be that person. You want to be unwavering in your faith. And you'll be like this young man. They decided that instead of pressing in at the door where there was so much resistance, Sometimes the way you think it's going to happen is going to defeat you. So you need to back up a little bit and say, God, open the door for me. Amen. You ever wanted something so bad you just thought you just boom, 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 boom. Huh? All this resistance, resistance. Sometimes that's God telling you, listen, let me help you with this. Or let me do this. Resistance ain't always the devil trying to rob you from getting something. Sometimes it's God closing the door. And so once that happens, if there's there's resistance, you need to back up and assess what it is. God, is this you telling me it's either not for me, not the time for me, I'm not ready, whatever it is, my faith isn't going the right direction? Sometimes just backing up and honoring God will change the dimension altogether. Say, God, if this is you telling me no, let me let this go. And if it's for me, you'll bring it back to me in the right season. Huh? Jumping the gun is not going to get it for you. But definitely faith will do it. Amen? The faith of God will definitely pull it through every Every single time, it'll pull you through. 
So Jesus gives these these people another idea of how to get into the meeting. But they had to get to Jesus to get healed. He could not get his healing standing around the door. Around the door, there's so much confusion. There's, You know, when people go to, to meetings of popular people, not everybody is there for God's purposes. We got groupies. We got entourages. We got people with unbelief. We got people who ain't even saved. You've got all of that pressing in at the door. So there's no miracle at the door, but there's faith to be healed in the atmosphere so that when you do get in close enough to get what you need, God can minister that to you without fail. So you want to follow God all the way and understand. I know sometimes it can seem to you it's just like it, I could just about touch what it is I'm praying for. That's now faith. Everybody has a now faith experience. So what you do is you say, God, I receive that. Thank you for it. I receive it by faith right now. And then at some point, it will come and you will receive it. Amen. You can have what you say. But your faith will go through some changes. Your faith will be more resilient. Stronger in what you believe. Sometimes we have just enough faith to get it in our possession and not enough to hold on to it. And this is what Jesus wants us to avoid, the disappointment of possessing something and then it get repoed. Amen. Because it, it, it throws everything. You see, the devil likes repossessing stuff that belongs to believers. But when you see it, Leaving your life, you said, uh-uh, devil, you bring it right back in Jesus' name. See, you don't let anything leave your life that God intends for you. Because if you continue to claim it, it'll come back in the right season. And you won't be sitting there looking discouraged and want to quit and want to stop serving God and all those other things that we do. Amen. And you'll have faith to the next big thing that he's going to do for you. Because this isn't the end of it. Sometimes we think one answer to prayer is going to set us for life. Nothing sets you for life. You're to live a life of faith every day. You're to believe God for something every single day. And not ever lay your faith down like, oh, I got it now. I can go have a party. Oh, really? The minute the devil sees your faith slip, he'll start slipping it out from under your hands. Amen. So we have to be determined that we're going to hold on to what it is that God gives us. Amen. So as Jesus sees their faith, they took up the tiles from the roof. That was the last obstacle to his healing. Amen. He, he, they took up the tiles from the roof in determination to get that boy healed. And when they got down there, Jesus told him his sins were forgiven. Amen. So that was the last obstacle in his mind was righteousness. That's something that has to be dealt with in all of us. Do we measure up? What did we do wrong the last time? Self-condemnation. All of those things that will come into your mind need to be cleared up 
so they don't stop you. Just like the woman with the daughter, the Syrophoenician woman who wanted her daughter healed. Jesus told her it wasn't that wasn't her bread. In other words, this bread belongs to the children of God. Amen. But she was determined to get it. And she said, I don't need to sit at your table even. Just give me the crumbs and my child will be. I know she's entitled to the crumbs. See, if you can make what you did and what you didn't do inconsequential to your receiving from God because you've confessed your sins and you know he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, if you can live in that every single day, you won't have any problem receiving from God. But this self-righteousness also comes with self-condemnation. One minute you feel like you do everything right, the next minute you feel like you do nothing right. And so we have to move out of that house and start moving into the house of living by the Spirit of God and doing everything we do by the Spirit of God and stay out of the realm of listening to things by the flesh. Abraham, we said, considered not his own body. Turn to Romans chapter 4. His faith met many obstacles. I mean, really, the age he was, most people would give up on what God promised. Amen? It's good to stay stirred up. It's good to stay excited about what God's doing. I mean, in your spirit. I'm not talking about this flaky stuff. Amen. It's just good to stay excited and anticipating and thanking God. I'm convinced that the more you thank God for who he is, what he is, just thank him, period. You don't even have to think of anything to be thankful for. Just begin to thank him. It puts your spirit in a place where your faith begins to um, excel. You keep yourself in that position, and pretty soon doubt won't get entertained as much. Things that would stop you don't don't get your attention. But it's the things that are good and lovely and of good report that you stay focused on. That's where you want to live, amen? You can live there. You don't have to live in a place of wavering, and you don't have to live in that place of doubting, condemnation, not thinking anything's going to get better, amen? So in Romans chapter 4, Abraham received the sign of circumcision, amen, which we have as a circumcision of our hearts. So our hearts aren't, your heart's not hardened anymore to where you can't believe God. Your heart has been softened by the Holy Spirit. So to be honest with you, it's easy to believe God now. It really is. If you stay focused on the word of God, it's easy to believe him. Amen. Don't get distracted by what's wrong in your life. Don't get distracted by what's missing, what you don't have yet. You just stay focused on God and what he wants to do. So Abraham had a promise, verse 13, that he would be the heir of the world, was not to him and his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith which means anybody can believe God. Anybody can believe God for what they desire. 
So for if they which are of the law are heirs, then faith is made of none effect. So your faith, if you have to be born into something in order to prosper and flourish, what's going to happen to your faith? It's it's of none effect. If you believe that, that people of a certain color always get the raw end of things and people of another color get the right end, what's faith doing? Your faith in God is sitting there doing nothing for you. And it's an insult to God for us to sit around and whine about what's not right in the world. It'll never be right according to some people. But to God, it's always right because you can always use your faith. So Abraham was promised a seed that would make him the heir of the world. And all he had to do was make up his mind to believe God. No matter your age, no matter how much you know, you don't know, you want, you don't want, you must believe God. You can believe God for things you don't even think you need or you want. Your believing has nothing to do with your wants and not wants. But your believing has everything to do with God and what he wants. What about what he wants for you? Amen? And so God wants to give us according to what he has prescribed for our life. But many times our wants and dislikes and likes don't open the door to our faith to work for us. Then we want to wonder what's wrong. How come this doesn't work? How come that that we don't let it work? Because we're too much involved ourselves in what we want. Suppose Abraham said, I'm too old. God would have had to look for somebody else. Amen. But Abraham stuck with it. And thank God he did, because that means we can stick with it, too. It says here, he says, verse 17, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. God has, if you want to be married, God has made you a wife. Or God has made you a husband. Or he's made you prosperous. He's made you a business owner. He's already made you those things. So it's not something that's coming if. That if never even has to be mentioned or addressed. There's no if involved in it. It's either you believe it or you don't. If you're seeking to get rid of symptoms in your body, you got to accept that he's already healed you. You're not waiting on a manifestation. You're not waiting on symptoms to leave. He's already healed you. So begin to agree with that. If you're wanting deliverance from something, he's already delivered you out of the power of darkness. Darkness has no hold on you anymore. And you've got to believe that every day. You can't. Let it waver based on how you feel. Do I feel delivered? Do I not feel delivered? It doesn't matter. You're delivered. It doesn't depend on your feelings, thank God. Amen? And so Abraham believed God. It says here, I've made you already the father of many nations. Will you believe this, Abraham? And it says, even God who quickens the dead and calls things that be not as though they were. So God will do the same thing of us. If we will call things that be not as though they are, we can have what we say. 
you can't you can't say it one day one week and then get mad at somebody and then start speaking differently you can bet that the devil set something up to get you to change your confession and he wants you to change it permanently amen he doesn't want you to continue with god he doesn't want you to believe and of all the obstacles that come you're still going to believe god he doesn't want that for you he wants you to quit believing he wants you to let it go so that he can say okay you know god i talked her out of this remember her said she was going to get this and she's going to get this she's going to do this i talked her out of it so talk yourself back into it doesn't matter how many times you think you're going to walk away from it you can talk yourself right back into it you say god i don't know what i've been thinking for all these days but here i am back again i want what i've been believing for and i refuse to go around empty-handed i refuse to let this go i'm going to get my promise and i mean i'm going to get it amen and so it says he was not weak in faith verse 19 he considered not his own body now dead don't consider your likes feelings wants don't wants take yourself out of it the only people that are in this thing is god who says he's going to give it to me and i believe that and don't block what he's doing for you based on how you feel from day to day some days i feel like believing some days i don't but it's not based on what i feel on those days when you don't feel like believing start confessing start thanking god for it anyway overcome your own obstacle to what it is you're believing god for and be determined that you're not going to go away empty-handed you're going to get it so once he started doing that he got fully persuaded of what that what god had promised god was able to perform not abraham was able to believe what god promised god was able to perform you take yourself out of it once you remove yourself and your feelings your thoughts and all that kind of stuff it gets a whole lot easier get up every morning say god i thank you that you're doing this for me i thank you you said i thank you you're doing this i thank you you're completing this i thank you it's on the way because you're doing it it's not up to me to do anything but believe you and i thank you that you give me faith to believe you for this even in spite of how i feel even in spite of what they say even in spite of the diagnosis amen i still believe i'm healed i still believe i'm delivered i still believe i'm free i still believe i have every opportunity anybody else has to excel in life i still believe it and if you can still believe after the devil tries to wrestle it out of your hands and give you a headache over it and tell you don't deserve it you don't even want it anymore because that's going to happen to you don't ever get slack on what god's given you don't ever get you know passive about it eh, maybe next year eh, it didn't come so far maybe don't get in the maybe category god it's mine i thank you it's mine I thank you the devil can't talk me out of it because it's mine. Once you declare it's yours, it's yours. You can have what you say. But don't get wishy-washy. Well, I want it if, if, if. Get the if out of it. Amen. If you don't want to get it anyway and give it to me. 
But not your husband thing. I don't want to. I saw that. You take him home with you. I'll do the wedding. You take him home. All right. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Miss Donna, what you going to do? You going to be healed or you want to die?